When Peter denied Jesus three times, he did it publicly. He did it with other ears hearing. So although Jesus, I believe, probably already forgave Peter privately, Peter was going to bring the gospel to people, and this had to be public. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and yeah, you guessed it, we're going to talk about the restoration of Peter today in our series, The Story of Jesus. We've taken all four Gospels and we've lined them up best we can chronologically. We've addressed any so-called contradictions, and there have been very few and easy to be, to reconcile them. And there aren't any contradictions in the Bible, uh, and I thank God for that because I'm basing everything on this inerrant Word of God. And But today we're, we're seeing something that is quite unique. Although all the disciples did fail Jesus, he spent an extra amount of time with Peter for several reasons. One, Peter is a leader, and Peter needed to be restored, probably as Jesus had already met with Peter after the resurrection, forgave him privately. Since Peter's denial of Christ was so public that this needed to be a public forgiveness and restoration, and this really set Peter on the path to do great and mighty things for God. Have you failed the Lord? I know I have. Well, God can still use us. Aren't we so thankful for God who is forgiving and a God who will continue to use us after failure? So we're going to talk about that and more today here on In Grace. And then uh, we are really excited because we're going to be bringing you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple, one of our most popular videos that we've ever done. We're going to be making that our offer this week in the next couple weeks because uh, people want to know, what does the Bible have to say about rebuilding the third temple, the Jewish temple. And there's a great movement today. We followed the red heifers as they went over to Israel from Texas. Uh, we were interviewing rabbis and heart makers and uh, all these people that are longing and, and working toward rebuilding the temple. So you can get that for a gift of any amount to in grace. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the program, but I want to make sure that you know to try to uh, get that video series. I think it'll really help you. And uh, we also want to let you know that we take people to Israel. So if you'd like to go and see these places and see where Peter was restored on the Sea of Galilee, we would love for you to come along with us on our In Grace adventures. We've been going to Israel for over 40 years. We're very experienced at it. We have a really, really good rate. And we're going in February of next year. So you have lots of time to plan. Get our brochure online, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel. And while you're there, check out our Alaska cruise, our Ingrace Creation Cruise this July. You'll want to check that out as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. So go to ingraceradio.com. We are near the end of our series called The Story of Jesus. We are looking chronologically at the life of Jesus Christ. And as Christians, it's, it's appropriate, right, that we study him. You know, the first part of the New Testament is all about him. It's about his life. It's about what he did. And it's about what he's going to do. He's alive. Just like he, he lived at that time, he's alive today the very same way. He's just not here, but he's coming back. And we've 
come to the story all the way through his, his three years of ministry, his incredible miracles, his incredible teachings, and then his entrance into Jerusalem, presenting himself officially as the king of the Jews, the Messiah, and he was nationally rejected. He was nailed to a cross, and it was my sin that nailed him to the cross. He died, but he rose again. And then he started to make all of these appearances. And we're going to study one more of those appearances today, as well as talk about his restoration of Peter. Of all the disciples that failed the Lord, and they all did in these last weeks, none felt the failure so heavy upon him as Peter. Why did Peter feel so guilty? Well, remember, he was the leader. If anything ever was said or done, Peter was first. He jumps out of the boat. He speaks up. You know, Jesus said, you're all gonna, you're all gonna run away. Oh, I would never run away. No, I would never flee. I would never forsake you. But then Jesus said, you will. Tonight, before the, the cock crows. And so it was. Have you ever felt dejection? Have you ever felt like you failed and you're not sure if you can possibly be restored? Well, Peter must have felt like such a failure. There's no possible way he could ever please the Lord again. And failure has waylaid many people. And today we're going to learn how to overcome failure. You know, every, anytime I think about failure, I think about inventors. Inventors are really good at failing, but all you have to do is succeed once. Once. The great inventor Charles Kettering suggested that we must learn to fail intelligently. He said, once you've failed, analyze the problem and find out why. Because each failure is one more step leading up to the cathedral of success. I would say you could call him an optimist. He says, the only time you don't want to fail is the last time you try. And that's good advice. I mean, think about the most successful people. One ball player set the major league record for strikeouts, 1,316 strikeouts. The same player set the record for five consecutive strikeouts in the World Series. Who was this loser? Some of you know it was Babe Ruth. Thomas Edison spent more than $100,000 to obtain 6,000 different fiber specimens to find out that only three proved to be satisfactory in the invention of his electric light. Each failure, though, he thought, brought him closer to the solution of the problem. Henry Ford was right when he said, Failure was the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So in the days following the resurrection, Jesus appeared to so many people, and now was the time that he was going to appear again to his disciples. And he's going to do it at a very special place. 
an important place. The place really where it all began with him and his students. And we started to look at this last time, this wonderful meal that Jesus had cooked on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. I love lakes and oceans and rivers, but I can't think of any that I would rather be at than on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. In John 21, 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. They had gone back out on the boat, seven of them. Jesus gave them word to go wait up in the Galilee. He had made all his appearances in Jerusalem and nearby. And they had gone out to fishing. They had fished all night, hadn't caught anything. Sounds familiar, right? Because that's something that happened early on in their life. And Jesus said, try the other side. And they did, and they had so many fish that they immediately knew this was Jesus. And who jumped out of the boat? Peter. Who stayed in the boat? John. Aren't you glad we have activists and thinkers? We have people of action and people that hold those people of action back a little bit to think it through a little bit. We need both. Whichever way God made you is great because we need you. We need people of action and people of activism. And we also need people that will just stop and think for a few minutes. And that was John. John was the one after Peter jumped ship to get to shore. John was the one that brought in the net because, you know, let's go ahead and finish this task. But there they were on the beach, Jesus having a fire and had cooked fish and bread on the coals. I wonder what that fish and bread tasted like. Certainly it had to be some of the best fish and bread you've ever eaten. I wonder as they sat there, as Jesus had given an invitation of fellowship to them, remember he said, come and dine in John 21 verse 12, come and dine. And that's, that's the, the hallmark of Jesus. That's the, that's the way God is. He's a God of invitation. He's a God that wants you. If you reject him, there's nothing left. But he, he wants you. In John 7, 37, earlier, Jesus says, As if any man thirst, let him come. Right? An invitation. Come and dine. If anyone thirsts, let him come and drink. And then early in John, in verse 39 of chapter 1, he said, come and see. An invitation. This is, this is God. He, he desires you. He cares about you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. And he wants you to be with him. And so as they're sitting on that beach eating probably the best fish and bread they've ever had, and you say, that doesn't sound like a good breakfast. You need to expand your palate a little bit, folks, because I can't imagine a better breakfast than fresh fish and fresh bread, both cooked out over the coals. And, uh, and anytime anyone cooks me anything, I'm thrilled with that, right? Because I don't have to cook. But Jesus did the cooking. God did the cooking. And there they were inv invited to this time of fellowship. And I wonder if they thought back to, wow, this bread tastes familiar. This fish tastes familiar. 
Boy, it, just, it tastes exactly like what Jesus was, was making out on that hillside when he was feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. Certainly the disciples ate that, right? There was so much of it. He was creating it as he was breaking it. That must have tasted amazing. And here they were after those years, after all that sorrow, after the crucifixion, the resurrection, they're confused, but they're excited. And now here he is giving them fish and bread again. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder, Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And now Jesus turns his attention to Peter. Peter had denied the Lord by a fire. Remember that? It was the night Jesus had been arrested. Jesus had been taken to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, and was awaiting trial and being questioned. And, and Peter came, and they were around a fire, some of the servants, and he was recognized. Do you think that's a coincidence that there's a fire here? I don't think so. When Peter failed the Lord not once, not twice, but three times, that fire must haunt him. The thought of, and sound and smell of that fire must have been haunting him. And now here he is by another fire. It's part of the plan. It's part of the grace of God. It's part of the restoration that, that Jesus was going to bring him to this place where he called Peter to be what? Put down your nets. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. That's why he's appearing in the Galilee. That's why he's having this conversation with Peter. After he gave them all a nice meal, after he gave them a nice miracle of, of a catch of fish again, reminding them of all that he was and all that he had taught them and, and bringing back uh, the tastes and the, and the smells. And there they are back at that spot. He was going to restore the commission that he had given Peter. I think Peter already had been forgiven. Remember, the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to Peter earlier, probably right there on that first day of the resurrection. Don't you think their conversation would have been one of forgiveness? Yeah, Peter, you blew it. And I'm sure Peter said, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, and I'm sure Jesus said, you know what, Peter, it's fine. You're forgiven. You say, well, why would he do this now? Why would there need to be this, this other event? Well, here's something to think about. When Peter denied Jesus three times, he did it publicly. 
He did it with, with, with other ears hearing. So although Jesus, I believe, probably already forgave Peter privately, this was a, a commissioning or a restoration of the commission that Peter was going to, to be the leader. Peter was going to bring the gospel to people. And this had to be public. Okay, When you sin in private, you can confess in private. When you sin in public, I think you should tell people what you've done and that it was wrong. And this is his opportunity for restoration in public. Now, Peter had spent most of his life on this seashore and on this sea. This is the lake where he was called to be a follower of Christ. And, and it was the, the place where so many things had happened. And at this very place, now Jesus is going to transform Peter into a mighty man of God. Before we read about the restoration of Peter, let's review what happened in the upper room before Jesus was arrested and that very same night. Jesus had told his disciples that he was going away and they couldn't come. Now, you remember what Peter said in John 13, 37? Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow thee? Now I will lay down my life for thy sake. Is that what happened? No, because Jesus said no. No, you're going to deny me three times before dawn. Peter couldn't believe that. And certainly that had to discourage him. And perhaps if he had stayed awake... In the Garden of Gethsemane, perhaps if he had been serious in prayer for Christ, maybe he wouldn't have failed the Lord, but he did. And we can't ever undo history, can we? But we can certainly move forward by seeking the Lord's forgiveness. And by the way, if you seek the Lord's forgiveness, I'm not talking about the, the punitive results of sin, which is hell. That's been forgiven. If you've, if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about hell anymore. What we're talking about is a restoration of fellowship and restoration of being able to serve. You don't have to worry about, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive in, in the sense of fellowship and, and service. Now, Peter said, I would never fall. Can, can anybody fall? Yes. Yes. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. What does it say? Lest he fall. Be so careful. Be so careful. Because anybody can do what Peter did. And then we continue in the text that we only find in John's gospel, the, the restoration of Peter in this appearance in the Galilee. John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? We're going to stop there for a second. Did you notice something? Remember, Jesus had changed his name from Simon to Peter or Cephas. Okay, Petros would be the Greek way to pronounce it. Cephas would be the Aramaic way to pronounce his new name, and we in English call him Peter. Well, what does all that mean? That means it's, it's a Petros, rock. He is a, a piece of the rock. No longer is he Simon, but he is now Peter. Then why did Jesus start by, by after they had eaten, looked over to him and say, Simon, 
son of Jonas. And that's often how they would, instead of having a last name, you're the son of so-and-so or of whatever town you're from or what you do. So Simon, why did he call him Simon? Well, it's probably because it's still in doubt of how Peter is going to respond to this restoration. Now, of course, Jesus knew what, the way Peter would respond, but Jesus always approaches it without uh, already assuming because he knows what you're going to do. He still gives you the opportunity to make that call. So Peter could have said, you know what, I'm out. And then he would, be, he would be Simon still. But because of the result of the way Jesus brought a question to him three times and the response of Peter, he is Peter today. We call him Peter. We don't call him Simon because he is restored. He still has this commission and he's the one responsible for so much of the gospel going around the world. In order for the restoration of this commission, he would need to understand that the most important thing to serving Jesus Christ is one word, love. And you know what? That's the same thing for us today. That is the most important thing. So let's read that. Well, first of all, let me ask you this question. Before we start reading the, the threefold question and answers, what did Jesus mean when he said, lovest thou me more than these? What are these? What, what's he talking about? Well, there's, there's three theories on uh, what these are. And some have assumed that it was his former occupation. When Jesus said, you love me more than these, he's referring to the pile of fish. The boats, the nets, his, his livelihood. Uh, other people say, uh, Jesus is asking him, do you love me more than you love these, these other men, the six that were with Peter? Do you love me more than you love these brothers and these friends of yours? But I don't think either of those make as much sense as the third option, which I feel is true. Jesus was asking him, Peter, do you love me more than these disciples love me? Remember, that was the whole bragging point in the upper room. I, they might fail you, but I'm never going to fail you, right? So, so Jesus is asking the question, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these men love me? Well, we're going to hear more of the restoration of Peter tomorrow. Don't forget to rejoin us for our Tuesday edition of In Grace as we are near the end of our Story of Jesus series. As a matter of fact, on Wednesday of this week, we're going to go into another mini-series about the resurrection uh, that I preached around Easter time as we lead up to Easter. Easter is getting within two weeks, and it's a wonderful time of the year to remember new life and, and resurrection, but also restoration as we're talking about Peter. Peter's restoration here on In Grace. Right before
before we go, let me remind you that you can come on an in-grace adventure to Israel or to Alaska, Alaska this July on a cruise, Israel 2024 in February. Go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel. And then as I mentioned, we're going to be letting you know how you can get a video series, a three-part series about the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. We followed the red heifers as they recently went from Dallas to to Tel Aviv and, and the sacrifice that they're planning and rebuilding the temple. We talked to heart makers. You really got to see this incredible three-part video. It's yours for a gift of any amount. Your gift will help us make sure more people hear the gospel through media. And you're going to get this powerful video series either by DVD or digital download. Now, if your gift is $35 or more, we're also going to send you Armageddon's Dawn, eight-part prophecy series filmed in Israel and the Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.